0: Good morning. Welcome. How's the volume on this, this thing? You can hear? Good enough. Okay, good, Carol. Welcome. Good morning. Um, we're going to do yoga, and then we're going to do meditation, and then I have a talk for us. Um, my name is Ashley Sharp, and I'm very excited to be here with you today because I always love coming on Thursday mornings into this beautiful space. And having the opportunity to practice together is such a great opportunity because there's so many other things that we could be doing or could be required to do, but somehow there's enough time this morning and interest to come and cultivate a wholesome heart, which is a lovely thing to do. It's very wholesome. It's a wholesome thing to do. So I'm wondering who's new. If you could raise your hand. There's some new people. Welcome. Welcome. Everybody turn to your neighbor and introduce or reintroduce yourself.
1: The idea is to get names.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's um, actually just take a moment and look around the space. Just like, oh, there's windows. If something catches your eye, you can linger there for a moment. But just look around the space. Did you write Did I? I wrote. I did write that. That's that's our assignment for today. I'll talk about that in just a second when we're done looking around the room, taking a look, seeing what you notice. Make sure you check behind you, too. It's kind of orienting to the space. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel satisfied with what you've seen and what's around you, just take your hands and give yourself a squeeze. Just squeeze a little bit. Squeeze and release. Oh, yeah, you come to yoga. And then uh, shake off the hands, shake off the hands. So um, I did write this on the board for us to remember as a practice. STOP is the acronym, and it stands for STOP. Take a breath. So take a breath. You observe. I didn't write this down. The the question sometimes is, what do you observe? You can observe around you and inside you. Those are generally the choices. Outside and internally, externally would be the Buddhist language. So observe internally. And we just observed externally. And then proceed forward. Keep going with your life. So this is a homework for you if you are so inclined. And we're going to practice it during the yoga and it will fit in with the topic later as a as a it's really just a, an attentional exercise that we can use to support us in our lives so stop take a breath observe and then proceed forward which is Remember what your intention is for coming to class this morning. There's probably some wholesome intention. Some wholesome intention. What was your, your reason for coming to class? Maybe to do some yoga for your health, or meditation for your mind-heart, or the community? And then relax a little bit with that, your jaw and your eyes. Relax your hands. So may this practice this morning, may this practice serve you to your highest good so that when you leave, you have a little more capacity to meet the challenges of your life. And also, uh, more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world. Acknowledging that we are not in this thing called life alone. We do this together. So may this class support you so that you have the capacity to offer just a bit more wisdom, a bit more compassion to those around you. Uh, Take a breath. Bring your hands to touch, palms touching. And just feel your hands touching. So maybe your hands have a slight dampness or clamminess, or maybe your hands feel dry. Maybe you can feel the temperature of your hands touching. So we're centering ourselves right here. Next, we'll chant the sound Om. Om is from the Hindu tradition, it's an ancient sound and we'll chant it just one time inhale oh Tuck your chin and bring your hands just as they are, but bring them up to your forehead. And here we have a gesture of bowing, a gesture of reverence as we embark upon the practice of yoga and meditation. Uh, So we bow with reverence to the capacity of the body and the heart, but we also bow with reverence to the limitations and vulnerabilities of the body and the heart. Because we'll meet all of it. We'll meet strength and resiliency. We'll meet tenderness. And limitation, so we bow to it all. Take a big breath in and out. And then arms up, hallelujah. It's Thursday, and we're going to do yoga. (laughs) Okay, turn your wrist as we are often doing. Turn your wrist on the way down. And I think we'll start actually standing up. So you'll make
1: your way up to a standing position. Once you get up into your standing position, do your stop practice. We're going to practice
0: it a lot this morning, this stop practice, so that hopefully you'll remember later today to stop. Take a breath. Observe. Observe inside and outside. And then we move forward. So the feet are nice and wide and you'll let the arms wrap and swing. Let the arms really dangle. And so they're like raggedy Ann or raggedy Andy. And you're just shifting foot to foot and letting the arms wrap around like so. And then as you do this, begin to move your jaw a little bit. It's like making those jaw movements. Uh-huh. And then come into stillness and circle your thumbs. Circle the thumb. Let's take both arms up. big breath in. And then exhale, cactus elbows. Stay standing, yeah? Both arms up. Inhale. Exhale, cactus elbows one more inhale up and cactus elbows good now bend your knees round your upper back and just let
1: your arms swing side to side let your head drop and honestly i just made this up so it's not quite yoga so your way is fine if you wanted to do this a certain way if your back is tender go tender Maybe you want to do a little jiggle, a little bounce. If you feel awkward, just close your eyes. Nobody can see you (laughs) once your eyes are closed. A little movement in your back. And then we'll come right up to standing, and both arms will come up.
0: And take the arms back as far as they go and down. You'll pull both shoulders up. Inhale, breathe out your mouth. And then let's do the jaw again, opening and closing. Like you were somehow exaggeratedly cartoon manner, kind of chewing something. Here's like, ah. Mm.
1: And then right away forward, fold down, down, down you go. Now, if your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees and let your head hang here. And then observe your internal flow of experience. So from the Buddhist texts, from the scriptures, the Buddha describes mindfulness as being both internal and external. So we turn our attention often internally. Drop your head. Take a breath. And then hands will come to the hips and you'll come on up to standing.
0: Arms will come down by your sides and turn your head to the right, turn your head to the right, relax through your left shoulder and arm, bring your head back to the center and turn your head to the left, whichever left you want to do, and relax through the right shoulder and arm, and bring your head back to center. Okay, inhale, arms sweep up. And then exhale, forward, fold, down, down,
1: down. You go, bend your knees. Once you're down, you'll take one breath. Breathe in, know that you're breathing in. And breathe out, know that you're breathing out. And then we'll come up to standing. Inhale, arms come around and
0: up, all the way up. Stay standing, exhale, arms come down. And then here, once your arms are down, you'll take one full breath. Melt your shoulders. When you get to your next inhale, whenever that might be, let the arms ride up to the ceiling with that. And exhale. Whenever you get there will be a down. And once
1: you're all the way into that forward fold, again, you'll take a full breath in and out here. So oxygenating the whole system. And when you get to an inhale, take your time. But when you get to an inhale, you'll come up to standing.
0: And stay standing. Arms will come down. And you'll take a full breath once your arms are down. Okay. Take your right arm out to the side, just out to the side, and close it across the body. Just pull it in with your other arm. Uh, drop your chin a bit. And then oxygenate the whole system. Now, there's a few of you that are new to my class today. And just to note, please, that you're welcome to change things. You can make things easier, make things harder, do something else entirely. I'm more interested in the cultivation of presence or mindfulness than um, the outer form. I mean, the outer form is fascinating, fascinating and interesting and helpful but the inner attention, the presence, the quality of attention is what we're cultivating here let's lift the head up, put the arm down unless you work for Cirque du Soleil, getting your leg behind your head I don't know, bring your left arm out and you'll close it across the body let your chin drop and you'll take a breath Lots of breathing. And the attention is generous. I talked about generosity a couple weeks ago. So the attention is generous, kind, accepting. And we're doing what we're doing while we're doing it. All right, bring the head up and the arm down. And then bend the knees and swing the arms. Just like so. Your way is the best way. Just let the arms swing and notice what you noticed, internal observation. Okay, let's take those arms up. You'll inhale up and exhale forward, fold down, down, down you go
1: okay let's try downward facing dog hands at the top of the mat or elbows at the top of the mat if you have tender wrists feet at the back of the mat and then once you get
0: in that sort of upside down shape with your butt high up in the air uh, let's take a walk in place you'll bend first one knee and then the other to stretch out through the back of the legs one knee bends and then the other oh make sure your head's hanging yeah Okay, and then bring your knees down to the floor and we'll come into child's pose and we'll take a stop. So come into child's pose, take a stop. Sometimes I like to call it a pause. If child's pose doesn't work for you, you could rest on your belly or some other shape. Uh And then the instruction is stop, take a breath. Observe internally. And externally, so I don't know, can you observe externally with your head down like this? Probably you can hear my voice. You might be able to sense the temperature of the room. And then we proceed. So you'll inhale up to hands and knees. Gaze forward. Exhale, downward dog. So toes curl under and up you go we're going to do um, a little breath and movement. So bring those knees to the floor again. Inhale, gaze forward. Exhale, child's pose. Or in that direction. Doesn't matter if you don't get there all the way. Back up. Inhale, hands and knees. Gaze forward. Exhale, downward facing dog. Good. Knees to the floor. Inhale, gaze forward. Exhale, child's pose. Uh And then let's come up to hands and knees. And exhale, downward facing dog. Okay. Then um, turn your head a little bit side to side. Just release your neck. Uh Let your head come into stillness. And when you get to an exhale, exhale. Emphasize the push in the arms. So when you get to an exhale, you're pushing the arms to take your hips back and up. Okay. Let's walk the feet. Nobody said yoga had to be graceful. Walk those feet up to the hands. Hands to the hips. And you'll come on up to standing. Ooh, la, la, la. Okay, and then get your cushion, or if you got a block, some of you have blocks, you can put the block between your thigh or the round cushion between your thigh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the feet will be close enough together that you can actually squeeze whatever you've got. Uh And then there's a light sort of tushy squeeze, too, Not with your hands back there, but the actual muscles. (laughs) And then a lift in the belly. And just move your shoulders a little bit so they're not getting stuck. Um, Okay, inhale, arms up. Exhale, stay standing. Hands come down the midline. Squeeze your block or cushion. Release the hands. That's your pattern. It's so very simple. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, hands come down. Keep squeezing the cushion and your butts and relaxing your shoulders. Do that two more times. Doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Really, so often the question is, what is the appropriate course of action or what is the most skillful way forward in our lives? And we can't know what's the most skillful way forward if we're not present, if we're not paying attention, if we don't know what's happening. If someone has fallen over, I cannot help them unless I notice they've fallen over, whether it's myself or someone else. So let's have our yoga party meet with the hands touching. It was a lot more than twice more, I realize. Uh Relax your shoulders. And then bend your knees and reach your arms forward. Okay, big breath in. Exhale, hands come down. Squeeze the cushion or the block. Inhale, arms swoosh up. Keep your legs the same. Exhale, arms down. So we're squeezing that cushion or block, and then there's softness and breath in the upper body. So you might be able to observe steadiness in the lower body and movement and breath in the upper body. Just like so. And um, let's see, the next time your arms are up by your ears or somewhere in that direction, let's pause there. The weight in the heels. This is heating, you noticed, right? Oh, and stick your butt back. Don't be shy. This is porta potty preparation yes yes squeezing 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 observe yourself internally and externally so sometimes it can be helpful to notice your peripheral vision while you're here Hmm. let's come up to standing inhale up okay exhale forward fold
1: now i have a question and the answer can be no of course, right? Um, can you get to plank pose without losing your block or cushion? Is it possible? Nobody said it had to be graceful. Let's see if you can get to plank pose. Hmm. yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. yep. Yeah. Ooh, I love how some of you climb down onto your elbows. If you have tender wrists, you could do this on your elbows, so you refrain from strain. Yeah. Uh-huh. And push your hands, if you have your hands, push your hands into the floor. Keep your gaze forward. Uh, and you're squeezing your cushion. Mm-hmm. Breathing a lot, breathing a lot. Okie dokie, artichokies. Let's come all the way down on your belly. I think the cushion, let's see, let's just remove the cushion. Is that, it's, can you even reach back there? <laughs> just remove the cushion or the block and come back down on your belly. Uh, Hands will be palms down under your shoulders. Uh Uh Good. Make sure you get the tips of the fingers even with the top of the shoulders so your elbows are kind of back and off the floor. Yeah, so tips of the fingers even with the top of the shoulder back here. Yeah, sorry about my freezing hands. Uh Good. Tuck your chin so your forehead's down. And then um, here's a contrary instruction. Can you, even though you're lying on your belly, pull your navel towards your spine a little bit? Yeah, good. And then without using your arms, lift up your shoulders and then your head. So shoulders and then head. Good. Uh Press your feet down. Yes. Uh-huh. So the toes can be pointing back. If you just got a pedicure, it would be a situation. So toenails pressing down. Uh-huh. And you're pulling your elbow tips towards the back of the room. Are you breathing? Breathing's important, at least to 12.15 today. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One more breath. Okay, let your nose come down to the floor. Uh, curl your toes under. Straighten your legs. Okay, I'm going to give you an impossible instruction. All right, it's impossible. Can you get to plank like a plank, not like a snake, like in one piece? I'll make the noise. Or just get up like a snake. Uh huh. I told you it was impossible. Okay, and then head up into downward dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay two breaths here now <clears throat> we're gonna do half push-ups some of you might like to do full push-ups but let's bring the knees to the floor uh-huh and we'll try half push-ups do you know what I mean we called these back in the 80s when I was in middle school we called them girl push-ups do you know what I mean that's horrible it's International Women's Day, half push-ups. We can watch Joe, yeah? Just up and down. Uh-huh. If you wanted to do the regular kind, yeah? Uh-huh. See what you can do. Do what you can. Don't do what you can't. If your mind has a criticism of, of your body or what's happening, say thank you for your opinion. Do one more. hmm And then find a resting shape, find a stop shape. So whatever that might be for you, a stop shape. So here in the yoga this morning, we're doing a kind of longer formalized stop. But if you were at work, your stop could take just um, half a second and nobody might notice. And the idea of the practice of stop is to bring you back into... um, the present moment, to give you some resources if things are challenging, and to allow you to, uh, just like this brief moment, to reset. So take a breath. Uh-huh. Observe your internal experience. So we can observe body sensation. We can observe mood. We can observe thought patterns. Uh-huh. And then we'll proceed forward. Let's come up and do a few more of those half push ups. Uh-huh, some half push ups, like so. Yes, it's good for us to do weight bearing and strengthening in the upper body, especially for, well, for everybody, I would say. So, weight bearing and strengthening in the upper body, just like so. Uh-huh. Do one more and then you come to a pausing shape, a stopping shape, whatever shape you want. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Take one breath wherever you are in your pausing shape and you'll do a third and final set. In case you were wondering how long this was going to go on, third and final step.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if you can do just two, that's very good. Okay, good. And we'll come all the way up to standing, and I'm not going to give you instructions on how to stand up. I'm going to assume you can manage that. Ah, okay. Then take your feet as wide as the mat. And turn your toes out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Arms will come up. Okay, check this out. You're gonna stick your butt way back. Exhale down. Now look at your feet and make sure your toes and knees are going in the same direction. Toes and knees. And then bring the hands to namaste. Pull the shoulders back. Gaze at the fingertips. Lots of breathing, lots of breathing. You can observe yourself internally. So you can observe body sensation. You can observe mood, resistance, or liking or not liking. I mean, there's so many things we can observe internally. And then shift your attention just for a moment while we're here externally. So you can sense the space around you, my voice. Maybe your peripheral vision is on. Good. Let's come up to standing. Inhale, both arms up. Exhale, stay standing. Arms come down. You can pull your feet together. Shoulders up. Inhale. Breathe out the mouth. Turn your head. No. No. As you're knowing your head. Is that a verb? As you're knowing your head. As you're turning your head side to side. Relax your thumbs. Come to stillness. Sense the tallness of you or the backside of you or the uprightness of you. Good. And then you can let your eyeballs open. We'll turn to the right side of the room to do our warrior two. So the legs will go very wide, wider than your shoulders. And your right toes will turn to the back of the room. Mm. and the right knee will bend oh I just observed some stiffness today okay (laughs) take the arms out to the sides I think I probably wasn't alone inhale right leg straightens arms up exhale bend the knee arms out two more of those and I really mean two this time Good. And then turn your gaze out over the right hand. And we'll pause and hold the shape. Lots of breathing. Uh-huh. Keep the chest lifting. Uh-huh. Jaw soft, eyes soft. So we could stop in this pose, take a breath. Uh-huh. Observe. And then we proceed forward. Let's straighten the right leg. Let the arms come down. And you'll turn the feet. Both feet can turn so you can do the other side. Uh, Left knee bends. Arms are out. And here we go. Inhale up. And exhale out. Make it like a moving meditation. Make it beautiful with your attention. Your way is just the best way to do this arms moving. Good. And then turn your gaze out over that left hand and we pause and hold the shape with a sense of uprightness and dignity. I don't know. Do you have a sense of dignity? You might not. See if you do. There's like a lift through the chest. I sometimes think of the yoga poses as a kind of medicine, and I don't mean like Well, like medicine, but not so extreme, but like we can learn here. Like sometimes the shapes have different moods or qualities that can support us. So maybe for this one, the quality is the practice staying steady while I talk on and on. Straighten the leg, let the arms come down, and bring your feet together. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Lift up the right leg. Lift up your left arm. Stand on two feet. You let the arm come down. Lift up the left leg. Keep your gaze fixed and lift up the Right arm. And foot and arm come down. Both shoulders up. Inhale. Breathe out your mouth. Take your feet nice and wide. Turn your right toes to the right. Bend the right knee. Arms are out. We have two Tai Chi's in the park. doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Okay, now straighten the right leg and we shift into triangle pose. And just tip over a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Press the pinky toe edge of the left foot into the mat. Uh-huh. And receive the pose so you can sense the pose. The felt sense of the pose. So, this uh, seating ourselves right in the present moment, doing what we're doing while we're doing it, gives us more information so we can proceed forward with kindness and compassion and hopefully even a little bit of wisdom. Let's come on up and arms down, switch the feet. And the left knee will bend arms are out to the sides and you have two have a sense of the light in the room and then this time your arms will stay the same the left leg straightens and you tilt over into your triangle pose and breathe so this quality of mindfulness that I'm talking about, really this stop practice is a reminder of mindfulness. This quality of attention is part of the Buddhist teaching for the reduction of harm for yourself and others, for the reduction of suffering. It's a technique that can help. Let's come on up and bring your feet together. Hmm. All right. Lift up the right leg. This time hands to namaste. Okay, we're going to go fancy because it's Thursday. See about taking that lifted leg behind you. You just tip forward a little bit. Take your arms out to the sides like airplane wings. hmm Stand on two feet. It's a little bit easier. Melt your shoulders. Lift up your left leg. Hands to Namaste. And then take that lifted leg behind you. And your arms can switch out to the side. This is strengthening for the standing leg and foot. Good. Let's come on up. Mm. Mount your shoulders. Take a breath. Ah. Take your feet back wide. Turn your right toes to the right. Bend your right knee. Arms out to the sides. One. Here we go. Just one. Side angle pose. Right forearm to the thigh. Top arm comes up alongside your head. Uh Engage your butt muscles. That's the technical yoga term. Uh And reach and lengthen and strengthen your left leg. Breathe a lot. Uh Have your eyes soft. So doing what you're doing while you're doing it can support you as you move through the challenges of your life and then we also begin to see we also begin to see that everything's changing all of the time no feeling is final no thought is final let's go ahead and come on up arms come down no yoga pose is final switch the legs Left knee bends. Arms out. One. Here we go. And then left forearm to the thigh. Right arms up in the air. Mm -hmm. Engage your butt muscles. Uh, Push the pinky toe edge of that right foot down. And then observe. And when we begin to really know in our hearts that things are changing, we can understand that that is the nature of life, that it is always changing, that we are all of us, each one of you in this room, you're in process. You're in the middle of process of shifting and changing and learning. You've never been this old before. All right, come on up and bring your feet together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, lift up the right leg. Hands out to the sides this time. Uh Keep your gaze locked in and take the leg behind you like we did last time. Now the next one, this last one, is to bring that leg behind you back where it was. And then stand on two feet. Can you feel the strengthening in the bottom leg, or is it just me? You can you feel it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, pause for a minute. Okay, and then we lift up the left leg. Arms are out to the sides this time. And the leg goes behind you. And then coming back up, the leg will come maybe back where it was. Keep your gaze steady. Good. Both feet down. Ah, take a breath. Okay, let's turn and face the front of the room. That's very good. That was double thumbs up, I think. Double thumbs up. Okay, now um, let's uh, have warrior one as we all sometimes do. So right foot forward, left foot back. And the arms will be up in the air. You know what? I'm going to totally change my mind. Get your block or cushion up here on the inside of the right foot. Yeah, let's put it on the inside of the right foot. Yeah, okay, voila. All right, and then the right knee will bend and your shoulders face forward and the arms will come up. Big breath in, cactus elbows. Both arms off the inhale, cactus elbows. One more of those and cactus elbows okay now straighten the front leg and bring your hands to touch Mm -hmm. inhale bend the front knee elbows wide exhale pull the navel in straighten the front leg hands touch two more of those keep your left tush engaged Okay, And then when this leg is straight, hands to the hips. Inhale, lift the chest. And exhale, fold forward. And you might take your hands, your hands could stay on your hips or the hands could come down to that cushion. You might turn the cushion up tall. Hands maybe come to the floor, but most of us need arm extenders. The cushion or the block makes a nice arm extender. Uh Push a bit into the back heel. Mm-hmm. Scoop up your belly. What are you noticing now? Could be thought stream, could be body sensation, could be pleasant or unpleasant. So those are all internal experiences. You could also be noticing external experiences, the space around you. One more breath. And press your feet into the floor. Balance can be a little tricky, so push down a lot to help you come up. And then step your back foot forward. then move the cushion if you're using the cushion or block you move it over to the right if you're using it if you're not using it we will have to and we'll have the left leg forward left knees bent right leg straight behind you and the arms are up in the air and then three times exhale cactus elbows and inhale arms up just like so two more Uh, Notice your external environment as you do this. Okay, now, let's uh, straighten the front leg and hands to namaste. Inhale, bend the front knee, elbows wide, chest leans forward. Exhale, pull the navel in, straighten the front leg, hands together. Two more of those. And our yoga party will meet with that front leg straight. And the hands will come on the hips. Ah, And you'll tip forward and your hands could stay on your hips. Your hands could come to the floor or the arm extender block or cushion. Just find a way that you're comfortable-ish. And then we stayed for uh, actually a fair amount of time. Front leg is straight or straight ish. Huh. What do you observe now? Are you aware of now? Okay, now press your feet into the floor to come on up. And step your back foot forward. Oh la la. And then we'll stop. Take a breath. Observe. And then we proceed. So next you'll um, come onto your back. Have your cushion handy. You're gonna come onto your back and the cushion's just gonna be close by. Knees will be bent, feet on the floor. Mm -hmm. Okay, how's the floor? This is my actual favorite moment in a yoga class when you get to the lie down for a moment. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, so a lot of you gave yourself pillows, which is generally a lovely thing to do. But for now, um, let's take the pillow out from underneath your head. If you had a pillow under your head, you can just take it out for now. You can put it back in a moment. And the hands will be down on the floor by your sides. And feet will be hip-width apart with the ankles under the knees. Okay. And then um, before you lift your hips, so of course we're going to lift our hips next. It's a common pose, a bridge pose. But before you do that, um, pull your navel towards your spine. And then lift your bum up. Yeah. Good. So feet can stay on the floor and knees bent, feet on the floor. Is that okay on your knees, Carol? Yeah, you just lift your tushy up. Yeah. Outer shoulders press down. And the breath. So, you know, when you put air into a balloon, the balloon expands, and when you let the air out of the balloon, the balloon shrinks. And in the same way, our lungs are like two balloons expanding and settling with each breath.
3: <clears throat>
0: A few weeks ago, I've been, asking, I've been asking people what they learn in yoga class that helps them in regular life. And surprisingly enough, or maybe not so surprisingly, um, many, many people have been saying they learn to breathe to actually remember to breathe in a yoga class. And that can be helpful for regular life. Okay, and then you'll bring your hips down. Open the knees, bottoms of the feet touch. Open the knees, bottoms of the feet touch. Uh-huh. And then soften the belly and let the belly receive the movements of the breath. So the expand, contract, you can let the belly receive the movements of the breath. One more breath here. And then um, bring your knees back together, feet on the floor. And hopefully that block or pillow hasn't gone too far. I'd like you to lift your bum and slide the block or the cushion underneath your tush. So it'll be under your sacrum. Yeah. And then once you get the block or pillow underneath your sacrum, lift up your chest just a little bit. Tuck the shoulders under. And then relax the outer corners of the eyes. And relax the back of the tongue. So, even the throat as soft as possible. A couple more breaths here, and then. You can lift your bum, move the cushion or the block, and bring your bum down. Uh Bring your hands behind your head, and you'll lift up the head and shoulders. Yeah, Knees are bent, feet are on the floor, and the head and shoulders are up. Mm -hmm. Now, just do this little thing where you kind of... Um, Pick up one shoulder further and then the other, like you're shifting a little bit side to side. Uh And then once you have both shoulders up, as high as they'll come today, let your nose turn more towards that fantastic ceiling. So your head will rest into your hands. It's up off the floor. Elbows are wide. Uh And then a little bit, pull your knees towards each other, just maybe quarter inch. Okay, put your head down. And... um. Let's bring the legs, knees and shins up, feet up. And the same
1: thing, lift up the head and shoulders. And do that little side-to-side thing so you can get up pretty high. And then turn the nose towards the ceiling. And we'll pause here. Pull the knees in. Pull the navel
0: to the spine. Maybe engage your abdominals more than you need to. Uh Let your head relax as much as you can. So the neck relaxes as much as you can, which is not completely, of course, because of the shape you're in. But the arms can support the head a little bit. One more breath. Okay, put your head down, put your feet down. Uh Take a full breath. And We're going to go back up into that shape. So legs up. Head and shoulders up. Uh Extend the right leg forward some amount. And see about asking your
1: right shoulder in the direction of your left knee. Right shoulder, not elbow. Shoulder in the direction of the knee. All right, back to center. Left leg extends. And then left shoulder in the direction of the right knee. And back to center. Center. And put your head down, put your feet down. Ah, big breath. Let's bring the knees into the chest. And the knees will go over to the right.
0: If you have tenderness in your lower back right now, you can put the cushion either between your knees or under your knees. So if your lower back is giving you a little trouble, put the cushion between the knees or under.. Uh-huh. And then let your head turn to the left. Good. And relax your wrist, front and back of the wrist. Let your hands, even the tips of the fingers, relax. the outer corners of the eyes. The breath is silky, soothing. There's nothing to fix or figure out here. There's this lovely teaching in uh, yoga. It's actually a Buddhist teaching too, the sense of uh, the innate goodness, Buddha nature, it's sometimes called, or innate wisdom, and that actually who we are is mysterious and precious. And that it's not about getting somewhere, it's about letting go of that which clouds that which blocks. Let's bring the legs up and over to the other side. And the head turns away. So I, I don't mean to be Pollyanna about this. I understand that all of us have greed, hatred, and delusion in our hearts and minds. And if we look around in the world, we can see that. So I don't mean to be Pollyanna, because we do have those. But actually, those are considered to be those kleshas uh, uh, or the defilements, it's funny words. That, that that these cover, that they come over us and that they cover our innate clarity, innate compassion, this Buddha nature, this heart. Uh, another way to say this that I learned in the yoga tradition is that um, it's not that we're <clears throat> Trying to have that we're human beings trying to have a more spiritual experience. It's actually that we're spirit having a human experience. That you are what you seek. Let the breath be silky. And then you'll stretch yourself out. I think it's time to just come into the stretched out shape. Some of you will want to put those pillow pillow back under your head or under your knees. And you might need to put your socks on or cover yourself. Sometimes the body temperature can drop when we rest like this. So it's actually healthy and good for the nervous system to take a pause. And even if you end up not feeling very relaxed, you have to give yourself permission to take a pause. And that it gives a a time for us to move into rest and digest, you could say. And so the nervous system can soften a little bit for your health. And uh, that said, you might not feel as relaxed as you had hoped. That can happen. Remember, it's this human experience. So if that's happening, if you're not as relaxed as you had hoped, just make no effort anyway. Just pause. Make no effort. And bring your attention inside your mouth and sense the inside of your mouth. Tongue, the teeth. Notice up into the roof of the mouth, up into the nasal passage, the sinuses. And then the eyes, right eye, left eye. Your forehead. The very top of your head. And then the back of the head where it meets the mat. And then the back of your chest, the back
1: of the shoulders.
0: Back of the hips, your genitals, the back of the legs, calf, the heels. Notice the front plane of the body, tips of the toes, chest and belly. If you're feeling peaceful, you might not be, of course, but if you are feeling peaceful, savor that. And if you're not feeling peaceful, then maybe offer yourself a kind word. Our sense of compassion. This human experience. And see, ask your body, let your body lead. If you'd like to move a little bit, maybe your hands, or maybe you'd like to stretch or move your jaw, or maybe you want to stay still for a moment longer, let your body lead and just see. And eventually... You'll bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. And you'll roll to your right side. And you'll make your way up for our seated meditation. So some of you would like to sit on the floor, um, and some of you would like to sit in a chair. If you're going to sit in a chair, you can just leave your mats and go find a chair. There's some in the back. If there's none in the row, you can grab some in the stack. If you're sitting on the floor, get a cushion underneath your bum, And see if your posture needs a fine tune. Let your body lead. Uh, If you're already feeling sleepy, or if you know that you tend to get very sleepy during the meditation, you could move your jaw and then pull on your ears. Have a sense of your posture. And the instruction from the scriptures from the text mindful mindful internally and externally so even with your eyes closed you can have a sense of the space and the people around you. Remember the attention is generous, accepting, and kind.
1: You have your posture
0: internally and externally the breath. The attention is accepting and kind. The posture internally and externally. and the sensations of breath arising in the posture. Can be helpful if something is difficult to acknowledge that with kindness. If something is difficult, you might place a hand on your chest or say something like, Here, here, or just this. It's attention, the attention is accepting and kind. The attention is kind and accepting. The sense of the posture inside and out, internally and externally. A sense of the breath, the sensations of the breath arising in the posture. Okie dokie, artichokies. So uh, we're going to rearrange the room now. You can roll up your mats, And we're going to come closer to the stage. So we'll make two little semicircles here. If you want to stay on the floor, you can bring your cushions even onto this rug here in the front. And if you want to sit in a chair, you can bring the chair forward and a circle up here. And then I have a question. Should I turn on the heat? Are you happy? Thumbs up, Thumbs down with the temperature. You're okay. You're okay with the heat? Okay yeah. Are you cold, Maya? Oh the Thelma <laughs> You're okay. Yeah. Good. Are you warm enough? Now I am. Now you are. So while we're getting settled, here's my question. Does this internal, external instruction, how is it landing for you? Is it making sense? Do you have a comment, or a question about it? Do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what? Stop. stop. Well, it's part of stop, but it's also part of the mindfulness instruction to observe internally and observe externally. So I'm wondering if there was any comments or questions about observing internally and or external. I feel like it's obvious when we meditate that we observe internally. I feel like those are all the instructions about internal attention. But the text actually invites us to observe externally also, which can be very helpful in regular life when you're interacting with people Right, Or it can be very helpful if you're feeling a flood of whatever emotion going on to observe around you rather than, it can be helpful, right, just to titrate or balance things. But No comments or questions about internal, external? What do you got for us? I just always think about it lately. I feel like I always think about it as a dance. Ah. And I
4: like the idea of like, it helps me, It makes me feel supported, it feel like I'm taking the air in, uh-huh. even that is... Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Anybody else have anything with internal, external? Have you all heard this before? No. Yeah. Maybe that's why there's no comments or questions about it. Internal, external. Okay. Well, we'll leave it for now. (coughs) I'll talk about it again next week. Probably. Mm -hmm. So um, let's do names. At this point in the class, we'll do names call-and-response style. So it will be uh, something like this. Ashley. Ashley. Right. Right.
4: Amy. 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 Jill. Mary Beth. Mary Beth.
1: Andrea. Mark.
5: Ellen, Ellen.
3: TJ, Jesse, Jesse.
4: Claudia, Warren, Warren. Robin, Robin. Sue, Sue. Molly, Molly. Gay. Gay, Michelle, B. B, Carol, Janice, Carol. Richard. Richard, Kelly, Kelly.
6: Maya. Maya, Mark, Mark.
2: Jan. Jan, Thelma.
0: Thank you for coming and welcome. So, um, speech. Uh, The guest is always the Buddha. And the Buddha is whatever or whoever is in front of you. So all the time we're uh, meeting life, And whoever's in front of you, whatever in front of you is the Buddha. Another way to say this, I'm speaking kind of poetically, is that uh, it's important who we meet, how we are in the world, what we do, how we are is important. And whatever is in front of us is important and precious, too. So easy to be on autopilot and kind of having to get a lot done, especially if we have a busy life. Anybody have a busy life? (laughs) To forget It's so easy to forget that actually our lives are quite short. It's the older I get, the faster it's going. lives are quite short. And um, to be savored, they're precious. It's like this one life that we're given. What do you choose to do with it? So whoever is in front of you or whatever is in front of you is the Buddha, is to be treated with respect and attention and kindness. You could think of this whole path path of practice, the whole reason to do yoga, practice, and meditation uh, is the cultivation of wisdom and compassion to the aim of reducing suffering for yourself and others. So um, in my experience, and when I look around me, I can see how powerful our speech is, right? How powerful our words are. Um, I was asking... Joe last night for stories about how powerful speech is, and he might tell this story later. I know I put him on the spot now. But here's uh, a story about his grandmother, how someone said something. Well, should I just let you tell the story? Oh, sure. Yeah, he'll tell the story. <laughs>
7: um, my uh, grandmother uh, uh, had a very difficult life. She was left behind in Yugoslavia as when her family immigrated and because she had to take care of her um, her ailing uh grandfather um, and so she told this st- story her whole life about how uh, she was very upset one day because she couldn't go to church with her friends and her family uh, because she had to stay behind and take care or stay with her grandfather and um take care of him and and she tells the story of this um Austrian soldier who, with a feather in his hat and, and asked her, like, why, why are you so upset? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm upset because I can't go to church. And he, he said to her, oh, don't, don't be dismayed. You're in the biggest church of all of them. And she said that helped her her whole life. And, you know, right up into her 80s, she was telling the story many times, (laughs) but it really meant a lot to her to hear that, and and it helped her her whole life.
0: Like one, that somebody said something that impacted, maybe you've had this experience where someone said something to you and impacted you for years, whether positive or negative, it could be both, right? And then, um, two, you're in the biggest church, like you're already in church. That's a little bit what I'm trying to say with whoever is in front of you is the Buddha, right? Like we have every day so many opportunities to cultivate wisdom and kindness. Um, And so let's, let's stop and remember. So this stop practice is a mnemonic to help you as you go through your life. And it can happen really quickly, like... There it is. And then you keep going. And maybe nobody would notice actually that it even happened necessarily. But as a way to recenter yourself, because so often we're in confusing situations, like we all live in gray areas. And um, it's hard to know sometimes what is the right way forward or what is, instead of the right way, what is the best way? What is the way to cause the least amount of harm? And if we're not present, we have less capacity to make those, those choices, right? Like we need to observe inside and outside of us what is the situation before we keep going. So often we stumble forward and we forget to pause. I mean, so many of us know a pause break, a stop break, to really stop, take a breath, observe what's going on, so then you can proceed um, with as best um, with the the highest good in mind. So I'm talking about the cultivation of speech, which is where we're actually remembering our intentions. I mean, I might have really lovely aspirations to be kind, and then in the moment something happens and not-so-kind thing comes out of my mouth. Does this happen to anyone else? Right? (laughs) Right? It happens all the time. But our aspirations might be one thing. There's that saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so this stop practice can help us bridge that gap between our intention, our aspiration, and what actually comes out of our mouth. And it's a practice. It's not a perfect all these things are practices. So, we, um, when we start to work with our speech, um, we need to give ourselves quite a bit of a break. Like, okay, because we have so like, that happens so fast and we have so many habit patterns that kind of propel us forward. So, to work with speech um, is a big endeavor if you choose to take it on to work with the speech, to cultivate kindness, to reduce harm for yourself and others with your speech. It requires um, a practice of mindfulness, like we have to be present and we need to connect with our intentions in the moment, um, that we can possibly learn to reflect a little bit before speaking. Um, And the teaching is that wise speech leads to fearlessness, Isn't that interesting? Why speech leads to fearlessness if we're speaking in a way that's creating harmony within our group, within our family. If we're speaking with kindness, that it can lead to fearlessness. And then I also want to point out that our speech includes our own self-talk. And that's a big one for a lot of us, the the self-talk. Um, I took it a, on myself for a while to start speaking aloud, my inner self talk, so I could actually hear it. And wowee, maybe it's TMI, but anyway, <laughs> like the inner speech is part of speech. So how we speak um, can reflect uh, deeper views and biases that we have, whether it's externally or external loud speech or internal speech. So we can start to clean things up if we start to pay attention. Um, So there's this really lovely thing that someone mentioned. Did you mention it last week about timely? No, I don't think it was you. It was someone else. Um, About our speech that the Buddha gave these instructions. So this is the stop practice to help you um, pause before speaking. And then the questions are, the instruction is to not speak unless it meets these four Is it four? Yeah, four things. So speak at the right time. Um, Maybe I have something and it meets all the other criteria. It's true, it's useful, and it's kind, but it's not the right time. Joe just came home from a big show, very busy. It's maybe not the right time to bring up the thing. I mean, all this this can happen all the time. And sometimes, for me, speech can feel like it's got to burst out, like it's it's bursting, it's got to be said. But actually, a little pause, is it the right time? It's important to reflect on it if it's the right time. I think that one's really obvious. Okay, true. Mm. Then we can start having a big debate about truth with a capital T. Or, but at any rate, is it true? Is it true? So often we speak in ways that have hyperbole, that we exaggerate to make our point. I've noticed for me, if I'm exaggerating, there's some story that I'm pr- trying to put forward or kind of get my way, right? Like there's a little bit of exaggeration or let alone an outright outright lie that I'm trying to manipulate or get something spun in a certain way. But actually we're asked to consider uh, what we have to say. Is it true? Is it true? And not necessarily true with a capital T, but true in that moment. Um, Is it true? And then the next one, useful. Is it useful? And it's not always about being useful to the other person. Sometimes it's really useful. I, I need to say something, right, for, to speak my truth or to set a boundary. So is it useful either for the other person to know or for me to speak? Right, so is it useful? I think the example last week somebody said was her children were saying mean things to each other because it's true, right? And then we get to this last one, is it kinds? So, uh often, if we have something we might use like oh that's that 's a true thing, but if we look underneath, if we look closely at the intention it 's not that it 's actually true it 's that there 's a little bit of unkindness there that that truth is that we 're using that truth to um, sort of justify so whether um the, the the sense of trueness has to have a sense of kindness wrapped up in it. Is it useful and kind? Can you say it in a kind way? And is it the right time? Is it useful to one or both of us? Is it kind? Right. So that's a high bar, is it not? That's a high bar. So that's why I say speech. If you we begin to work with speech, that it's a practice. Now the Buddha gives all these examples, he gives these like extreme examples, there's stories in the text about how you're supposed to practice a kind heart, even if somebody's literally pulling your limbs off your torso, like pulling you apart, or attacking you, the instruction is to maintain a kind heart. So this is a tall bar to clear, and so then really can we speak with a kind heart? So if we're we're invited to cultivate the kind of heart that stays steady and practices kindness, um, even if we're being physically attacked, can we then maybe with our speech like step up things a little bit, I think, just a little bit step things up? Because how we speak um, can harm people. It makes a difference in how we are and how we speak to each other. It can land and be really helpful or really damaging. So... Um, Oh, and then another part of speech, which we forget, I almost forgot to talk about, is deep listening. Like when we're talking with each other, actually listening, so often when we're speaking to each other, we're not listening, we're planning what we're going to say, trying to negotiate like how to make ourselves appear better or what we have to add, like some sort of self-preoccupation Instead of remembering to practice a kind of listening where we're present and we can hear the other person, and this comes back to that mindfulness internally and externally. So we're present with whatever is arising in the moment with the other person. If they have something to say, we actually listen. And I like this word, deep listening, and it implies a listening maybe even to the underneath what's being said, because we can listen for that, too, sometimes. And this takes practice, right? All of it takes practice. So Thich Nhat Hanh says, aware of the suffering caused... Do you know who Thich Nhat Hanh is? He's a Vietnamese Zen Buddhist teacher. He says, aware of the suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others... I am committed to cultivating loving speech and compassionate listening in order to relieve suffering and promote reconciliation and peace and in myself and among other people. Okay, he goes really broad, and that's why I really like this. He he goes on. So he's um, relieving, in order to relieve suffering and promote reconciliation and peace in myself, and among other people, ethnic and religious groups and nations. I haven't been hearing that much wise speech in the news recently. (laughs) Right? To promote reconciliation and peace among ethnic and religious groups and nations. Uh, Knowing that words can create happiness or suffering, I am committed to speaking truthfully, using words that inspire confidence, joy, and hope. Okay. Okay. So not only does it meet this criteria, timely, true, useful, and kind, but he's talking about speech where you uplift each other. So I sometimes do this with my friends if I have enough presence of mind to think about that I want to do this. When we get together, instead of letting it get into a complaining fest, we actually like deliberately, and usually it just takes one of us to remember, and if there are both of us working on wise speech, it's even better, it goes even better, to remember to uplift each other, right? To help transform, to uplift, to inspire confidence, joy, and hope. How much more effective can we be in the world if we're inspiring confidence, joy, and hope with each other, with our friends, and with ourselves? Okay, so he goes on. Shall I go on? I think it's really good. He's good instructions. When anger is manifesting in me, I am determined not to speak. I will practice mindful breathing and walking in order to recognize and to look deeply into my anger. Hmm. Hmm. So um, again, this come back to this useful thing. Uh, sometimes we need to speak. Sometimes our boundaries, that's what anger comes from, right? A boundary violation often. And we need to speak. So he's saying, Thich Nhat Hanh saying, don't not speak, but actually... Right? Meet these criteria. Like, we, if it's useful, sometimes it's useful. We need to say something with kindness at the right time, and it's true, but it's not always easy. So, um, I think in, I was in, um, I finished in April at Spirit Rock training, a two year pra- training to be a teacher, a Dharma teacher. And we talked about speech, and we had a whole thing on speech. And the question came up for our group was um, what's the difference between helpful and harmful? sometimes we have to say something that maybe is hard to say, but it's actually helpful and not harmful, but it's still hard to say. In some situations where when we speak, we have to say something that's not always all um, flowers and roses, but can we still speak with kindness? And that um, hard-to-hear this, this isn't precluding hard-to-hear conversations. Like Sometimes we have to step up and have courage to say what needs to be said and that we need to look closely about what is the difference between helpful and harmful and to not be confused about just pleasantness, like always having a pleasant conversation. Because it can sound like that, right? Like he's saying, Thich Nhat Hanh is saying, inspire confidence, joy, and hope, which is true, and we should do that. But sometimes we have to have unpleasant conversations that I wouldn't say are harmful, but they're unpleasant, right? Um, Let's see. I will speak and listen in a way that can help myself and the other person to transform suffering and see the way out of difficult situations. I think that's such a beautiful aspiration, right? To help, like we can help each other transform difficult situations. He says, I am determined not to spread news that I do not know to be certain. Hmm. How many times have you heard from a third person that somebody said or did something, and instead of asking that person if they did say or do that, you just jump the gun and start attacking or start, right? Like, actually, check. Check. Because so often news gets spread that's not certain. Okay, I am determined not to spread news that I do not know to be certain and not to utter words that can cause division or discord. I will um, practice nourishing my capacity for understanding love, joy, and inclusiveness and gradually transform anger, violence, and fear that lie deep in my consciousness. Right, so that's pointing to how our anger and our fear can show up in our speech. Our greed can show up in our speech. And so when we begin to transform our speech, we're not just transforming our speech, we're transforming our heart. And it goes both ways. Transform the heart, transform speech. Transform speech, transform the heart. Because they interact like that. Okay, so is it true, useful, timely, and kind? What about your self-talk? Is your self-talk true? Hmm. Are you using your self top to uplift and inspire confidence in yourself? Imagine that. Okay. I think that's what I have for you. There's a little bit more. I'm going to go a little geeky. Okay. So there's also instruction to abstain from false speech. Right? So don't lie. Abstain from false speech. Or, and abstain from slanderous speech. And then the third one is abstain from harsh speech. And abstain from idle chatter. Somebody um, was told these instructions. This is wise speech, wise speech instructions, right? Abstain from false speech, abstain from slanderous speech abstain from harsh speech and abstain from idle chatter we would not be talking very much (laughs) we'd all be a lot quieter right right and then um, I always think about this idle speech thing um, because you know sometimes we just fill like we just fill time with a little bit of idle speech but if we're doing it with presence it's no longer idle Right? If there's a reason, like small talk, with awareness and attention, that's no longer idle. Because sometimes we need small talk. And so if we have attention, then I think that's fine. It fits. Okay, so... Any questions or comments about speech? Yes. Let's let's pass the mic. Joe, will you pass the mic on? Okay, here we go.
6: So... Um... I really like gossip. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, to me the rationalization is it's just the human story. Uh-huh. It's fun to know that somebody is, you know, can't help but do what they're doing. My neighbor is does uh-huh. this and that. I, I love sitting and talking about people, a third person we know that has a certain weakness comes to my mind, and I realize it's a slight weakness, but. It's also really enjoyable for me. I don't mean really slanderous, awful stuff. Right. Isn't it too bad that she just can't figure out how to dress well? (laughs) She'd be so much more attractive (laughs) if she knew colors. Right. Um, And uh, let's see, there's a famous quotation. I forgot who said it, but if if you don't have anything nice to say about someone, come sit next to me. (laughs) 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 All right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're pointing to... Just put the mic down on the ground. Yeah. Right? Like, how, like, it can kind of be juicy. Like, in my family, like, that's actually a way that we um, connect with each other is talk about other family members. It's like a bonding thing. But I would actually just point you to um, to really look and see... Because you said, you said, like, other... like something about other people's shortcomings. Like there's a way where we prop ourselves up by doing that and that like kind of feels good, but it's false. It's not it's not in the end like if we need to prop ourselves up to feel better about ourselves, that's problematic because we all have foibles, right? Like we all have. And one of the one of the things about this teaching that I think is really amazing is that uh, we're each learning how to um, not need to put others down to feel good about ourselves, right? Yeah, let's pass the mic down. I think that's a good point, though. It does feel good sometimes. But I would just question that a little bit.
3: Yeah? Um, I think there's a way to talk about other people's problems that um, seems okay to me. And I think, to me, what the difference is is kind of the deep understanding that if you were there in exactly the same situation, you'd be doing the same thing they're doing. Right. That there are reasons that they got to where they are. Right. They're not just doing it off the top of their heads. Does that make sense? Yeah. No,
0: I would say in general, what I would point to is to, in the moment, look at your intention. So I don't mean your aspiration, like maybe you have aspiration that's very beautiful to help you understand and make sense of the story, but in the actual moment of the sharing of the story to look close honestly, like with truthfulness about what is the intention, because sometimes it might actually be a wholesome intention to help you understand or work something through, and then other times there might be like this little sliver or maybe not so little sliver of... Um, wanting to put somebody down or distance yourself or feel better about yourself because you're not in that situation, or, right? So I'm not saying, I'm saying that sometimes it does serve a purpose, but we're, our minds are tricky and we can justify a lot of stuff. So just look at your intention in
3: the moment. Well, I, I really deeply believe that even to the President of the United States. I find myself wondering all the time what happened to him. What happened to him right. when he was growing up? Right. It just had to be very bizarre. Right. Um, and that it could have happened to any one of us if we'd been in that situation. Right, right. But the other thing is the idle chatter thing. Uh-huh. I have, you know, certain friends that we just like talking, and it, we get, it's fun. And yeah. I think they did a study a few years ago that found that women in particular get each other high yeah. when we are talking. We just, yeah. our serotonin levels go up, and we just yeah. we Just have fun chatting yeah. away. And it I don't know if that's idle
0: yeah i mean i think it is and um these are ancient teachings that are um one way of looking at things and i'm not saying that you can't be a buddhist whatever that means actually that's a whole different thing and have and and do idle chatter but really all of the teachings to me are uh, places for us to explore so we've got this text write speech from the from the ancient text that says that says don't do idle chatter so maybe go on a meditation retreat so you're calm and you have a lot of capacity to notice and then do some idle chatter and see what happens Do you see what I mean? Like, I'm saying, like, conduct your own science experiment, experiment for yourself and see, is idle chatter wholesome, unwholesome? I idle chatter all the time, too. I'm not, right? It's just, these are, this is what the instruction are, is. And all of the Buddhist teachings, I would really turn, instead of turning them into fundamentalist rules, they're inquiries. What happens when you do idle chatter? Is your energy depleted? Or is it restored? Check it out for yourself. And sometimes maybe it is refreshing and restoring, and other times it's depleting. So to make sense of that. You've got
2: one, Thelma? Yeah. I'm probably going to use the word butt in here somewhere. Okay. Are we okay with that? You mean butt like? Like on this hand. Oh, okay. On that hand. Okay. I, I want that. Yeah. I want to be that. Yeah. I want to be kind and truthful and say things that are useful and helpful.
0: Right. But, okay. But <laughs> here, okay.
2: it doesn't always work that way. And I feel nope. like there's a level or something in there that's missing. Okay. It's hard to do that and still be interesting.
0: <laughs> but why do you need to be interesting? I don't
2: know. Um, maybe because I get bored myself. I, I don't know. Maybe I, if somebody's super kind and just full of usefulness and helpfulness, and <laughs> I, start, I start getting so I can't hear them anymore. <laughs> so it's probably a character, character defect of mine.
0: Okay. I feel like a little bit what you're pointing to is an inauthenticness.
2: Yes. It sounds phony.
0: Okay. If we're too
2: nice and too okay. kind and too... Okay. But I, I agree with that overall. And I wrote I, I right. something out last night. I, I ran into a woman I hadn't seen for a while. Uh-huh. I saw her on Facebook and she had a photograph of herself and her two kids. Uh-huh. I don't even remember if she was in the photo or not, but she's somebody with very, very, very dark, springy, curly hair. Mm-hmm. And her kids are under five and they both have this beautiful, like straight white blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And I just said, oh, my God, that was such a great photo. They're so cute. Wow, do people sometimes think you're their nanny? And she said, why did you say that? And I oh, went, oh, my God, I shouldn't have said it, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I feel like I need to call and apologize to her. Right. I wasn't trying to offend her. Um, right. It wasn't anything, but it felt wrong, and it wasn't kind. Right. I mean, right. It was a little kind. It was Your kids are cute. Right, but then the little... Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I mean by like the speech. Like speech really shows the places where there's like little like little bit of greed or a little bit of aversion, right? Or a little bit of just delusion, not really knowing what's going on. Um the other thing, this came up actually this authenticness came up when I was talking about virtue last week with some uh, not this class but another class. I'm not talking about taking on this teaching as an overlay where it's not authentic i'm talking about having this your intentions being in the moment and to me there's something about if the intention in the moment if it's authentic and true that it's not going to be boring that it's instead of being a top-down like i've decided i'm going to do this because that means i'm a good person versus an authentic expression of your intention of wanting to raise other people up and raise yourself up. Do you see the difference? I hope that makes a little bit of sense, right? Uh, yeah, okay, well, let's pass down so somebody else gets a chance. I know this is, yeah.
4: Um, well, I just wanted to share a situation that I'm grappling with with all of this. Um, you know, my parents and I are very, very different, um, have different views politically, and we have, I think, for a, a while, um, and, and we live physically very distant from one another. Uh-huh. So um, I find that um, because of like what this, the anger, probably fear and confusion that I have in me, uh-huh. and maybe in them as well, that um, when we talk to one another, we choose not to communicate about it at all. We just right. it. and instead we we engage in idle chatter about right. the latest party, the weather. Right. And so there's this inability, I think, we both feel to really um, be authentic. Yeah. And at the same time, we recognize that we do have this anger and this confusion and possibly right. this fear around these differences that we right. have. Right. So I, I feel a little bit in a quandary.
0: I wonder what would happen if you used the idle chatter with more mindfulness and per- purposefulness. Like if you went into, if when you see them, you went into it with, I'm purposely doing idle chatter because I want to connect to my parents and this is the level where it's safe. So there's a little more intentionality about it if that might shift things. I, I mean, that's the only thing that comes to mind for me yeah because that happens for me if i 'm using idle chatter purposefully to actually make a connection with someone there's there's more authenticity and more connection happens
4: I, I think I feel myself there's a desire to really <clears throat> to really engage with our differences a little bit uh, and I haven't really maybe come up with a way that might be fully constructive and timely and true. Right. And kind. Right. And so um, I get a little bit frustrated by the idol. Right.
0: I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: But maybe I'm just not, you know.
0: Well, no, I mean, that's how you are. So, I mean, that sounds like a real, like a real quandary for you. A Deep listening, yeah. deep listening practice. Okay, thank yeah. You. yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Are there anybody else I want to do? Do you have one? Yeah. Let's do one more.
5: I just wanted to make a comment because I just had a little bit of an epiphany um, with this timely, true, useful, and kind. Because I feel like I do try to practice that, but between my mother and my thirteen-year-old, <laughs> I think I—I I think the timely thing for me. I have a really awful, like, dirty secret of always wanting to be right, uh-huh. and I'm always. Anybody tired. else have that? I mean, we yeah. all have that. But, like, I am constantly correcting. Everybody around mm-hmm. me, and I feel like I'm doing this because I think I'm providing a service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. but, I'm, but I'm not, I'm probably just pissing everybody off, mainly my kid. But right. I just like, in the timely thing, you know what? It's okay if it's not right or right. like it doesn't, like, does it really matter in the moment? Probably not. Right. I should probably keep my mouth shut. Right. So. right.
0: I, think I think that's a beautiful pointing to like our ego need. Like, your ego need to make, sh- like, to say what's right or what the mistake was is about propping. like, it's an ego need rather than a connection. Right. And there's a difference between that.
5: And it, yeah. most of the time, like, thinking even this morning, like, with my daughter, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, whether yeah. it's right or not. Like, I don't know why I need to tell her that except yeah. that I'm just being a bad mom. Wow.
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, okay. So I just want to give a little context. For those of you that come regularly, I, um, uh, I'm, I'll probably write it down. So we are in, a, we're, we're covering something called the Parmes. The Parmes are a list of 10 qualities that we can practice in daily life, right? Why speech? We can practice this in daily life. and um, And the qualities, these 10 qualities are said to be um, expressions of an awake heart. So an awake heart has ethical behavior, has generosity, and there are also ways to cultivate an awake heart. So practicing generosity helps us free our hearts or practicing ethical behavior, right? So it comes from both sides. So this list of 10, the Parmes, the first one was generosity, and we spent a couple weeks on that. And then this next one is ethics virtue or sila is the textual word Um, and in this topic of sila last week I covered the five training precepts right don't uh, kill people don't harm people this tell the truth don't steal sexual behavior keep it ethical and don't take intoxicants these five don't worry if you weren't here but just So we have the list of 10, we're going listy, there's the list of 10, and the first one is generosity, the second one is ethics, within the list of ethics there's a five, and I'm pulling out speech, and we talked about speech, speech is in the category of ethics, is that making sense? Okay, Um, next week, I think the next one is renunciation, I'm not sure entirely but I'm pretty sure so next week probably we're going to talk about renunciation that's another big topic Um, and if it's not the next one in line I'll give you the next one but that's just to put a little context of what we're doing all right so let's close it's time to close already announcements if you haven't paid there's a basket in the chair in the back please pay thank you very much Um, and then if you could help, if you, ha- if you don't have a moment, don't worry, just go. But if you can help make sure all the cushions and the chairs are put away, that can be really helpful. If you have time tomorrow, I'm going to be teaching here tomorrow. We do yoga, meditation, and talking just like this, but the whole day. So we have a chance for t- to do some restorative in the afternoon. Um, so come tomorrow if you want to come tomorrow. I'll be here again tomorrow. And I think that's all the announcements. Did I forget anything, Janice? No? All right, so let's do a quick closing.
1: You'll take a big breath.
0: Uh-huh, sense the external environment, which you can do even with your eyes closed. And then sense your internal environment. So, may you be safe and protected. May you be healthy, as healthy as possible, and may you know the bliss of uh, ethical behavior. May you know the happiness, the ease in the heart of ethical behavior. Uh, Let's take the hands, palms up somehow. If there are any blessings from this class, as if we could send blessings out through our hands, if there's any merit arising, offering that out into the world. Then bring your hands to touch. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. I could not do it without you. Um, I hope to see you next week. Hopefully the topic renunciation does not scare you. <laughs> all right. I'll see you soon.